you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. The Around the NFL podcast has been waiting all day for Sunday night. From the Chris Wessling podcast studio, it's Around the NFL. One of my favorite Francesa rants. (laughs) The song doesn't even make sense. Nobody's waiting around all day for Sunday night. They're watching the football. They're already (laughs) watching the football. Back after this. It's a logical take. Dan Hans is here. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler, heroes. Uh, it is the week five flagship program and so much to get into. Yes, Greg. That, uh, nothing. It just That gave me like a window into when we're doing this show seven years from now and the, the start of the show becomes Dan's version of Z-Man! And it's just like, hey, around in the film, Mark Craig, Dan. <laughs> yes, 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 Greg. It's, it's fun to be together on a Sunday night. And, you know, I feel festive right now. I feel excited. I told Mark before the show that he's wearing his shirt that he's wearing on Sunday night. It's more like a Friday night shirt. It's more like daddy's going out. Daddy's getting behind the velvet ropes. And I think a little festive, like a festive party boy, Mark, it's, it could be a good thing tonight. Mm, sure. I mean, what is the difference between Sunday night and Friday night? If, unless you make it a difference. I, I see no boundaries. Well, for viewers on YouTube, they can check Mark out, you know, beam the change he wants to see in men's fashion. And then right next to him, I look like it's uh, Saturday morning and I'm not <laughs> going to leave the house. You are also the change that you want to see in <laughs> yeah, fashion. I've noticed fair. a lot that's of fashion uh, new roads with you over the last couple of years. And Greg. don't forget, it's also this show is available on the NFL channel. Yeah. So good to know. It is. Many games are played today. Our job today is to take you through them all uh, and explain why the NFL is what it is at this moment in time. <laughs> Week five, uh, we had another um, big time, big time fun game in London. So I feel like, why don't we start there? Let's do it. Let's head. We're back from England, but the NFL had more business to do. So let us head to the hot toddy where the Giants and Packers did battle. Rodgers in a shotgun set, seven seconds to go, Giants by five, Rodgers back to throw, spins away from pressure, under pressure again, dances to his right, now he gets hit from behind, 
and gets whacked and fumbles the football, recovered by the Packers, but that is it. Ball game over. The New York Giants have come to London and rang the bell of the Green Bay Packers 27-22. Ooh, Bob Papa. What is this music? Turn this music off, Justin Graver. This is, it's, it's on, bro. It's on in New York City. Turn this off my headphones. The G-Men, that was Bob Papa on WFAN. The G-Men got got by an Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary in the 2016 playoffs. But these Giants, Brian Dable's G-Men, aren't about that life. Rodgers got crushed from behind after our friend Kayvon Thibodeau flushed him out of the pocket. Nice. Been playing well the last couple weeks. And the quarterback was unable to unleash that prayer. The sack and fumble, the clincher, and a 27-22 comeback victory for New York at, as I said, the Big Tot in London. Um, Greg, this game, again, the Giants, who we see, maybe not talent poor, but probably closer to talent poor than talent rich. But week after week, they hang against their opponents. And in this case, they score 17 unanswered points Woo! to stun the Packers in a building filled with Packer fans on the other side of the world. They scored on five straight drives uh, to win the game. And they held Aaron Rodgers to only two drives before he got the in the second half before he got the ball needing to get a touchdown to tie it 27-20 in the fourth quarter. That's complimentary football. I can't believe how well coached this team is because they, they, they are talent poor on both sides. And they're injured too. Like Leonard Williams is not in this game. Adoree Jackson, easily their best cornerback, left in the middle of this game. Uh, Aaron Robinson, their other starting cornerback, didn't even play in this game. Ojalari has barely played all year. And yet they're sticking to what they want to do on defense, which is blitz. On the two biggest snaps of the year, they blitz Aaron Rodgers right on the goal line, end up uh, deflecting both of those passes uh, on, the, on the drive in the fourth quarter before they tried to set up for the Hail Mary. And the offense is grinding down a opponents with the running game and that takes a little pressure off of the defense you shorten games when you're not as talent uh, rich and you have good coaching and that's how they did this I'm amazed they won this game I, I the New York Giants to me under Brian Dable we're looking at a couple teams out there with coaches in year three year four and you're waiting to see it and it's not happening I mean we'll see what happens with this Giants team but there is an absolutely electric difference to who they are how well they're coached and the the they at one point, their offense, with all the injuries, with Saquon Barkley shelled for part of this game, puts together three drives of 11-plus plays, long clock-chewing drives that they were panning to Packers players sitting there winded. And I really think they broke the Packers in this game to some degree. And, they, you know, they're flashing to Daniel Jones with his hand bloodied. And I know Daniel Jones is not a perfect quarterback, but he kind of just fits what they're doing right now. And he made some key throws in this thing. And I love the way that they play because I know I get ripped for sometimes saying I want these games to be short. What I really want ripped. is... Ripped. Well, he no. gets destroyed. What Sessler I, decimated. I love the way they play because I like drives that are long and they just basically take a defense and puts them into a Twitter box. Twitter is ablaze with people ripping no, Mark Sessler. 
basically you for two. asking for it's short ba- games. It's basically Mark on this show. This wasn't even a short game. It was a totally normal uh, um, game. But the way that they the way that they, they shortened it. They did with the it. way they played. And I really think that Brian Dable is proving and Wing Martindale that like whatever like parts they have on the roster, they're going to maximize them and this team just simply believes in itself. I'm not I'm, I, I don't forget the past regime when Giants fans and I know many of them thought similarly positive uh, thoughts about Joe Judge. Oh, I like the way this team, it's kind of a hard-nosed team. People forget how quickly the worm turned there right. and everyone wanted Joe Judge out and he was out. But yeah, it does feel different right now with Dable. Uh, they just seem to come into games very well prepared. They have a game plan. They stick to it. And Barkley, uh, even though his numbers don't jump out at you, like Mark said, he left this game with a shoulder injury, uh, disappears, comes shooting out of the tunnel, as we're told uh, by Mark Sanchez, and immediately has a huge impact play, scores the two-yard the two yard, uh, the touchdown run on a direct snap to put them ahead and complete the comeback. And for Green Bay, this is the second straight week um, where I've been watching them, and I'm waiting and waiting for the defense to make the big play, to get the big stop, to get the game under control, and they can't do it. Here is what Matt LaFleur said about the effort of his team after the loss. Give New York all the credit. They they outcoached us. They outplayed us. They definitely wanted it more, and it was the tale of two halves, and they kicked our butt in the second half, and you can't do that in this league. Mm. You cannot. Couldn't get any deep throws going. 0 for 6. Uh, they've actually had plenty of explosive plays. They're just a weird team right now, but I think their defense is soft. And we came into the year thinking this is going to be the best Packers defense in a while. It's loaded on paper. Devondre Campbell not playing as well. Razul Douglas, who had a killer penalty in, the, in this game, not playing as well uh, as a year ago. Like I, On paper, they look great. And then in the fourth quarter, they feel like you can kind of push them around a little bit. Yeah, so, I agree with that. Um, and I... And I'll say this, though. I'll say this. They missed Devontae Adams. And I know that's not breaking news, but there's so many moments in the last two weeks even, but especially in this game, where when they when things get tight, all of a sudden Rodgers throws a perfectly placed slant that goes for 38 yards. Like that big play to calm things down. And I know the offense is not the quote-unquote problem right now, uh, but when you factor in the defense that is not – bowing up to shut things down, and then the offense not quite being where it needs to be. Uh, you're getting these close games, and it worked out last week against the Patriots and the third-string quarterback, but it didn't work out this week, and I think, Greg, they said it. I mean, Mark, they said it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said it last week. He said, the way we've been playing is not sustainable, hmm. playing all these close games, and then they go to London and do the same thing again, but this time get beat. Right, in a game that almost essentially said this is where the Giants' journey ends in terms of being the fun little flavorful 3 and one team. And it was the opposite because this fun is a Packers flavorful. team. <laughs> this is a Packers team that does not play complete games. So the coach said it today. Rodgers has said it. There's been multiple cutaways with how frustrated. He's not in a place in his career where he wants to probably tutor a big group of young wide receivers because there's some talent there. There's no doubt. Romeo's been good, but there have been these drops on some of these deep shots. And so they've not played a complete game. I can think about one moment today when it was Mm. 2020. The Giants tied it up. They had basically, uh, whether you agree with it or not, the momentum, Patrick Claibon. But then the Packers go out and lay an egg going three and out. And they never really came back from that. And then the tip passes at the end against Aaron Rodgers were the Giants' defense stepping up, which they've not done in years. They're going to be around now. I've had my doubts about this Giants team. And I still do long-term. 
But four and one, and there's some pretty soft spots on their schedule. They're going to be a, a big part of this season, and we appreciate that. It, it does uh, make it more fun. It seemed like a great crowd there. A lot of Packers fans there, a lot of Giants fans, and one fan uh, of the Around the NFL podcast really made my day, Joseph Warley, trying to get an answer to an important question. <laughs> They asked Dable, Big Spoon or Little Spoon, as he's running off hey, the field. Coach, Big Spoon or Little Spoon? I, I don't know if you happen to see a separate Dable <laughs> video of him running off. It was, it was, it made me fired up. He was like getting the crowd going as he's going into the tunnel, as if he was like the best player on the team, and he was going crazy. I love it. Big and Spoon, by the way. Just in terms of you know, context for people that don't know, <laughs> in the middle of the summer, Kayvon Thibodeau was in this very studio, and Mark asked. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau if Brian Dable was a front spoon or back spoon type of dude and Kayvon Thibodeau looked at Mark like he had an elbow growing out of his forehead. He did and I mean I still want the answer to that question. I think we I know the answer. I have a theory. Without proof. Right. Yeah. Yeah without proof. Nice job by the Giants. The Packers asking some questions. Now the Giants have um, got off to a 4-1 uh, and one start now. Last time they were 5-0 and was 2009. I think that was the year that Plaxico shot himself in the leg at the club and everything went to hell. Um, could the Eagles, could the Eagles improve to 5-0? and mm. Here we go. 43-yard attempt. The ball is spotted. The kick is underway and the kick is... No, no good. good. You miss it? It's no, no good. It is wide right. No. No good. He missed it. The officials hesitated and he missed it. You can't miss that kick. Merrill Reese with the call. W-I-P. The Cardinals after, you know, unfortunate situation with Kyler Murray sliding down feet first, thinking he has a first down. It wasn't. So after he spiked the ball, it was fourth down. So they had to bring out the kicker when they had a chance to maybe go for the win. And then Matt Amendola pushes that thing wide right. Final score, Eagles 20, Cardinals 17. The Eagles are 5-0 for the first time since 2004 when they won their first seven games and finished 13-3 and and I believe went to the Super Bowl. Um, all right, Mark, I know you're feeling good because you locked up the Eagles. I do feel good, and I was not the only one. As did Greg Rosenthal. Right, double lock. He feels good too. But I could tell you were looking a little nervous. In the second half of this game. I was, because this is sort of the Cardinals' blueprint. You know, first four drives, they got like 50 yards. They look like they haven't practiced all week. And the Eagles, in reverse, have two out of three drives that are long, powerful. Their offensive line without Jordan Malata was controlling things. And Jalen Hurts is punching in two touchdowns from the one-yard line. And you thought, look at this Cardinals team. They're just missing. Um, they're missing weapons. Kyler Murray threw a terrible interception into what was one-on-one -on -one coverage with a safety waiting there. Terrible throw. And it's sort of like the you get this every game. The bad version of the Cardinals for typically two and a half quarters, if not three, then they come to life. And they did in this game. I, I, I think there's something to pull from from a Cardinals angle on this. The ending was a disaster, but it should be noted because it was tweeted by reporters at the stadium that when Kyler Murray, when he spiked that ball, you know, thinking it was fourth and one, 
that it was think they they had a first down. It was actually fourth and one, but we we that it the the stadium inside said that he had a first down. So it was a miscommunication for him. Like, <laughs> I, but still, it's a, you have to have uh, more that's awareness. Not an excuse. That's it's not an excuse. excuse. Not an excuse. But excuse. It's a little it aspect an excuse. To it. Well, it'll be interesting. They'll ask him about it. We're taping this too quickly. For all we know, that wasn't a factor. No, but I if, think we're taping this at exactly the right. I'm time. I'm just saying, like, if he looked up and he saw first down, that <laughs> right. I, I am giving him a pass for that. That and that's if that happened to the road team, we'd say, oh, that's home cooking. It'd be an outcry. Uh, but someone who works in the game um, production staff is dying tonight in Arizona. Sure. I mean, imagine being that guy right now. That said, girl. though, that, like that's not the only instance in this game or other weeks of the of Arizona looking discombobulated. I mean, the the one thing today, though, I thought if you want to pull hope from, because you're gonna get you're gonna get DeAndre Hopkins back. I thought the connection between Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown lit up today, and it really shows promise for the future. Rondale Moore made a couple big plays. You lost James Conner, and in came like they they do have other parts on this team. I, I do think like Eno Benjamin's a, a good every runner. week. Exactly, like you could, it's something to build off of, and it's like this was the part of the season where typically maybe their years reversed, where like their end of the year collapse is their start of the year collapse. But in general, I don't know if I buy. Why this are we team. speaking so positively about I'm not the Cardinals right so, now? I, because I got to win this game, and you, and that's I don't care what the clock or the announcer said. Like don't make any excuses for Kyler well, Murray. You got to be team. sharper than that. You have to know what the situation is. He didn't. Uh, we would be. Tom Brady would never do that. Like that's that's like that's a uh, situation. Tom Brady's like lost track of timeouts. Multi in like the situation. I don't know. Keep time. making excuses for Kyler well, Murray. I, I don't, so th- I don't think I'm making excuses. Why not? not? Like, this is a great effort this by is, the Cardinals. It's not a great excuse for him at all. And I what I've said was they've been doing this for two and a half, three quarters every week. It's not enough. I just like, checked. I, this was the. It's it, just another it, thing in a long line with this team under this coaching staff and with this quarterback where things don't work out the way they should because. Things aren't tight enough. It's right. not a tight operation right. in and Arizona. Right, and they played a better football team today, too. The Eagles, this we should was be talking the, more about the Eagles. Right, this was the first game where Arizona didn't fall down uh, 10-0 all season because they fell down 10-3 to the Panthers Still last week. Still haven't scored a touchdown right. yet in the first that, quarter. That's how their start is the game. I just think if he looked up and, and they said first, it, it's not someone said first down. They looked up and on the board it says first down. If he saw that, you could absolutely see that being a factor in why you're spiking. And it was a pretty unique play. It was kind of a brilliant play call, I thought, by Cliff Kingsbury that he didn't execute right. They called uh, a quarterback run despite not having any timeouts. But if you got the first down, if he had dove head first or gotten the actual first well, that's down. that's part of it, too. No, that's that, my point. That, yeah, that is the part of it. He like, started Kyler, his slide before the he, marker. Yeah. He clearly could have gotten he, it physically. This is part of, of the Kyler Murray thing that I on, find don't, frustrating. Let's, don't straw man this because it's like. There's I, no straw man I mean, here. Kyler I, just Murray, see, I hear excuses being made for this. I, I don't this think so. We're calling play. them discombobulated, disorganized for three quarters a week. They're a yeah. hot mess, but they've gotten a little bit better on offense each week, too. In and certain on defense, moments, I was amazed. Their defense did a good job today. I'm amazed. They, they were amazing today. I agree with you guys. I- I don't mean that. I just mean they've looked a <laughs> little more. They've looked a little more like an NFL team every year. Now that said, they did come back. They make it 17-17. Uh, it's fourth quarter. The Eagles get the ball. Definitely the toughest situation that the Eagles have been in all year. And the Eagles go on a Cesslerian 17-play drive where it's almost all runs. But the key play in that drive to me was third and 12. They've been blitzing Hurts all game. It's mostly worked in good spots for the Cardinals. They blitz him on third and 12. He's totally under pressure. There's free rushers, and he hits Dallas Goddard for a first down to go set up the game-winning uh, sequence. They didn't end up punching it in, but it was a big sequence where it got him uh, another step, I think, a 
along the way for Jalen Hurts to deliver like that in a fourth quarter. Yes, the Eagles 5-0, and like I said, first time since 2014, and a huge uh, showdown with the Cowboys next week, so a lot of fun. All right, let's. Uh, speaking of the Cowboys. What let, a division. The NFC East is back. Let's see what happened with I the mean, Dallas Cowboys. I mean, it's here Cowboys whether it's here or not. We know across that. Across so. the sidewalk at SoFi Stadium. And they're going to give the ball to Pollard. He busts up the middle. He broke a tackle right to the 40. Chased from behind at the 30. Turns left at the 20. To the 10. To the 5. And Pollard with a house call. Touchdown, Tony Pollard. 57 yards by Pollard. Brad Sham, the Sham God, KRLD with the call. Tony Pollard is better than Zeke Elliott. But whatever. Let's stay positive. <laughs> the Cowboys are winners of four straight after a convincing 22 win over the Rams, who are defending champions in name only. More like champions. Nailed it. Greg, that is five straight defensive efforts from Dallas that have ranged from great to dominant. Where does this one slot in? I mean, this is right near the top for the Cowboys defense and Micah Parsons. We've got a punchy Dan Hansis tonight. <laughs> I like that. Uh, we had a punchy Parsons in the second half. Punchy Parsons. You know, he heard uh, that there was a little bit of a curse, the LT curse. He had had a quiet couple weeks ever since he, you know, got sick and he went to the Giants uh, in the Meadowlands and it's been a little banged up. And you guys and, said he was Lawrence Taylor and then there was a voodoo curse. Yeah, uh, he's better than Lawrence now. Taylor because nobody has more sacks. <laughs> now he's better. In the first 21 <laughs> games of his career than Micah Parsons. No one in the history of the NFL. And tonight was kind of a... Get a, lost. A, LT was better. Lawrence, Back after this. Exactly. Tonight was kind of one of those, uh, like, Lawrence Taylor type of games, though. He comes out. He's limping. He's only playing on passing downs in the second half. And he ended up with nine pressures in this game. And I think they almost all were in the second half. At least seven or eight pressures in the second half. Two forced fumbles. Uh, He forced a holding call. uh, A few tackles for loss. Three quarterback hits. Like, he was in the backfield basically every play he was on the field in the second half of this game. And he made it, much like Monday night for the Rams, impossible for them to run an offense. Now, this is absolutely a Rams problem, but it's also a anyone that plays the Cowboys problem. Because even though Parsons had an, an epic game, uh, it's everyone else on the offense, on the defensive line too early in this game that made it tough for the Rams. And they they are a problem. Well, and, and I mean, Micah Parsons, uh, late in the game, I... I saw a cutaway of him after a tackle where he's sort of doing the thing a little kid would do mm-hmm. when he's trying to hold in having to go to number one mm-hmm. and it's like oh wait this guy is playing through a terrible groin injury right. uh, while while wreaking utter havoc on Matthew I, Stafford I would imagine the, the medical staff said he, he's not at risk of injuring it further so that makes sense that he was staying in and he's great so he kept making an impact so you have the defense again they've given up one touchdown exactly in every game so far this year. All wow. five opponents have scored exactly one touchdown, nothing more, nothing less. So you know what you're getting from Dallas's D. As long as they stay healthy, and this isn't a serious issue for Parsons, hopefully, and he continues to dominate, that's going to be a big part of this. On the Rams side of it, you know, this is really bad. This is – it is – I remember after like week two or three, Mark, we talked about the Rams, and I was like, ah, you know, let's see where they're at. Let's see once they get their footing. And now it's – I don't think it's too soon to panic with the Rams because you take out, take away that Cooper Cup 75-yard touchdown in this game, 
and that's it. There is no juice to this offense. Stafford looks old. He doesn't look uh, – and I'm not saying he is old and he, he can't play anymore. doesn't look but healthy. But the way things are moving, the way the offense looks, his inability – he's thrown one touchdown pass in three games now. And and the Rams are not getting anything on the ground. Two and a half yards a carry on 15 carries. And as we know, as everyone knows, Allen Robinson is not working out. Another very quiet game for him. Three catches for 12 yards. So it's that feed. Keep pumping it into Cooper Cup or else. Well, so they're one-dimensional on that front because they also – and I, I get that we it's 2022 and – Half the league or more than that don't care about running the ball. But, like, there is zero balance to this offense. They, the whole thing channels essentially through Cooper Cup. There's massive protection issues. We can look at what Joe Burrow and the Bengals did with protection issues a year ago. That's a total aberration in the NFL. Matthew Stafford under duress, the way that he's been, no matter what they've done with their line combinations, last week, this week, have been utter disasters. The Buffalo game, which I was, like, ready to throw that out because it just seemed like maybe that's just not, you know, it's week one. Like, that was an indicator of what was to come their core issues and I know Sean McVay is after they play the Panthers next week they've got to buy um is it a crisis I mean teams have to work their way out of this but it is because Sean McVay has a week in between each of these games to fix it and nothing's getting fixed well they, they've played two of the best defenses in the league in a row but I think it's fair to say they have a bottom five or six offense right now I mean nothing's working David Edwards the offensive lineman they were ex- Excited to get back this week from a concussion, left this game with uh, after being tested for another concussion, which is very worrisome for him. And when you have two in a short area like that, you know you're usually not playing football for a long time. But it's also some of their their regular starters there were getting beat. I mean, it was Havenstein was getting beat. He's he's their best guy. And on defense, I asked for them to step up, and they did. I mean, the defense gave up only 15 points in this game. And three of those were on a a turnover that they basically stopped and held up in the red zone. So the defense did everything they could. They did give up a couple uh, plays. We listened to the Pollard play, but I'm not going to kill the defense on a day. 239 yards. Right. When Cooper Rush barely got over 100 yards. (laughs) 239. I mean, you are playing Cooper Rush, who's played well, but it's a backup quarterback. Right, but they they got pressure. They made a couple plays. you mentioned the cup play for 75 yards. Tutu Atwell, they, that was they, the other one. they took yeah. out of mothballs, and, and he had a 54-yarder, but they're just very limited right now. But I, I do think the fact they've played the Cowboys and the 49ers is making this seem even worse than, than it is. But that said, if they're going to go anywhere defending the Super Bowl titles, like you're going to probably meet the Niners and the Cowboys again. Right. Go, they have to be a different team in two right. months than they are now, and, and I think they potentially could be. Go check out, check out the Rams maybe in November of last year and some podcasts that we did when they were in a deep funk back then. And you would have thought there'd be no way they can get fixed and then they win the Super Bowl. So it's not over for the Rams, but I think there's reason for concern. I just can't see any, I cannot watch any more Ben Skowarnik six yard receptions. I feel right. like that's all their offense is. That was when a they're nice not finish for a couple of weeks, but we need to get like, to I mean, six yards to Skowarnik, six yards to Skowarnik, six yards to Skowarnik. No more six yards to Skowarnik. <laughs> It's a Twitter favorite. I mean, he is he is absolutely more valuable than Allen Robinson, though. I went but that's look, a huge issue. I went to go look at Allen Robinson's contract. He is guaranteed $15 million uh, next year. The biggest moment this offseason, granted, there, there Como was... Como se dice boondoggle? Just, just <laughs> in, like, there's been some, there's some crazy moves happened this offseason. But just in terms of a sliding doors moment, Von Miller taking that extra money from the Bills when they came in hot at the very end. 
and the Rams then pivoting and deciding to use that money on Allen Robinson was a devastating and one. And trade Robert Woods. Was a devastating one-two punch uh, in a row. Mm-hmm. All right, so we talked about the Giants, the Gosh, G-Men. Dak could be back for Eagles, Cowboys. It was perfect. This is Take perfect. Take your time, Dak. Way, this is perfect because Cooper Rush had 102 hey. yards. It's like, okay, let's bring Dak it's, back It's now. time. Yeah, but it's time. even if, if Cooper Rush never threw another pass, if they ever won a ring, he should be – First in line. Fitted for First. a race. He saved them. I mean, yeah. how about the quarterback who, in theory, won the ring? Good to have a great defense. It's good to have Nick Shook. Let's get to our next game. Josh handles it. Back to throw. Pocket collapsing. Fires a deep one downfield. Looking for Gabe Davis. Makes the catch at midfield. He's going to sail into the end zone. Gabe Davis at the 20. At the 10. Touchdown. Holy mackerel. 98 yards. Touchdown. Gabe Davis on third and 10 at their own two. That's a way to start. Holy mackerel. It's good to have Gabe Davis. John Murphy <laughs> with the call. WGR. That is Gabe. That's that Gabe Davis. Nice to see you, buddy. Facing a third and 10. Backed up at his own two. First drive of the game. Josh Allen went deep. Davis caught it in stride. 98 yards to the house. He added another long touchdown in the second quarter. And the route was on. Final score, 38. Bills Three Steelers, how far the Pittsburgh football team has fallen in Western New York. Shooky, here he is, our buddy. Shook, the Bills are in full flight, and it's a breathtaking watch. Sure, sure is breathtaking, especially when you see them on their own two-yard line to start the game. And then there goes Gabe Davis down the middle of the field, streaking down the field. Mm. Josh Allen delivers a beautiful pass to him 98 yards later. They're on the board, and that was just the start. They were operating. I, I explained that, though, why you're saying it again now. I, well, I, I think he did it in his own oh, way. Yeah. He did it in his own wonderful you're way. You're on Dan's radar. We, Dan's a little punchy. <laughs> Nick doesn't know, but Dan's a little punchy. And if ever you, uh, the, the pipe has to worry about Dan coming at him, it's tonight. I don't think the pipe ever has to worry about <laughs> me or really anyone else connected to the NFL media group. Pipe, uh, yes, but that was even more impressive, Pipe, was that, uh, he's cutting that throw that spiraled through 20-mile-per-hour gusting winds. Uh, but that's just what Josh, Josh Allen and this Bills offense is able to do that others can't. Yeah, you never would have been able to tell by the statistics. 424 yards passing for Josh Allen. The completion percentage not totally up there. 20 for 31 overall, but it didn't matter. They were just flinging it around the field all afternoon. I don't know if it's a lack of fear in the Steelers' defense, which is basically toothless without J.J. Watt rushing the passer or if they just felt you know what let's let's throw it around the yard and see what happens they found a ton of success it didn't know it didn't matter who he went to he was great with stefan Diggs. uh khalil shakir got his first career touchdown today three catches for 75 yards no matter where they went it worked to perfection this is the bills at their peak this is what we expect from them offensively on a week-by-week basis and i and, you know again like like i said against this pittsburgh defense uh you know they really took advantage i'm kind of worried about where the steelers are defensively right now more than i was even weeks before Shooky, Allen threw for 348 in the first half. Yeah. And this is, wow. I know TJ Watt's out, and they're now 0-8 in games where Watt misses with injury. So you can't you can't not factor that in. And I know Micah Fitzpatrick was also banged up in this game. But let's hear from Mike Tomlin. This is the wor- worst loss of the Mike Tomlin era. And it's just more evidence of how different things are now post-Ben, post a lot of things at 1-4. and four. Satisfied with the effort? We just got smashed. Like, what are we talking about here, guys? And if you're watching <laughs> oh. on, uh, on YouTube or the NFL channel, you see the intensity 
uh, in Tomlin's eyes. This uh, this is this was a non-competitive game that was over, really, boys, from the jump on the 98-yard touchdown. It never it never felt like a real game. I mean, Shook, it's a tough spot, obviously, for Kenny Pickett. Uh, I I the minute that they named him the starter, you kind of look at their schedule and you thought this Bills defense and this whole situation is uh going to be rough. I mean, how did he look to you? I thought at least what I liked about him. There was a couple moments where he took that one hit where they threw him to the ground and like his leg bent and he got up and just was like, this guy, Dirty is, hit. This guy is like not going to take it sitting down. I think there's a, that's what I kind of love about his character and his kind of fire. Yeah, it reminded me of Joe Burrow's week two Thursday night performance in his rookie year against the Browns in which they dropped him back and threw the ball over 50 times. They dropped Kenny Pickett back and threw the ball 52 times today. It's really speaks to the fact that their offensive line is still not blocking well enough to run the ball consistently. Their running game is non-existent again. And they also dug themselves a big enough hole that they had to throw the football and yet you know for the lack of points I thought Kenny did look good that interception was probably his worst throw of the day but he had some really nice connections some near fantastic completions uh with, with some of these receivers so they just barely got a foot out of bounds that type of thing I like what I see from him I think you should be very encouraged by him it's just the fact that they didn't play good enough football as a team to really show that off today he's still way better than Mitch Trubisky already I'm, I'm just gonna say that right now and Tony Romo spent mm. a lot of the broadcast raving you shouldn't be this good this early you shouldn't be this decisive that's who Kenny Pickett is. That's who he was in college, and I expect him to be that guy going forward. It's just they need to have more balanced offense to really show that off. This Bills defense is a problem for the rest of the AFC. It's actually, I, I think it's one of the most meaningful developments of the first five weeks because ultimately this first five weeks, what is it really going to tell us about who wins the Super Bowl? But I think their defense is even better than I expected despite injuries coming into the year, and I think it's just going to make it even tougher uh, to go there and, and win in the playoffs. All right, Shooky. So the Bills keep rolling. They give Zeus or something to think about when it comes to the power rankings. They got them at number two. Like they, you have a lot to think the about. Best team in football? I kind of think they are. I think they I don't are. want to be disrespectful to the Eagles, but I think anyway. that's fine. The Eagles fans will. I mean, take the way well. that you speak about the Cardinals and with the fact that they came within a, a kick that's of you true. know competing with the Eagles today, I, I think I you mean, you've had your answer. We're handing out lollipops to the Cardinals today. <laughs> no, we're not. We were not. Hey, Shooky, do you want to talk about the Browns? <laughs> Mark, we were not. No, I'm annoyed by that take because it's not accurate. This is Hey, you brought it back up. This is the cross I bear, guys. I'm I'm bearing the Panthers cross this year, and I'll bear the Browns cross. All right, let's hit it. The highlights of Browns Chargers. Clock down to four. Snap. Kick is up, and it is no good. No good. He pushed it right. Yeah, money. The Chargers are going to get out of here with a win. And, man, DJ, you want to talk Ooh. about <laughs> the wow. skin of your teeth. Yeah, professional, DJ. I mean, DJ worked for the Browns, and it didn't go great from what I recall. So oh. maybe there's a little – I mean, he moved on to him, uh, the Ravens, which is a more successful Mark. place for him to go. He's got a scratch. Yeah. Oh, he's he just, like laughing at them, just laughing at them. So. Uh, Matt Money Smith. <laughs> it's good to hear Matt Money Smith's voice it on is. our show. I just want to say that's nice. Our friend. And Daniel Jeremiah with the call KYSR. Brandon Staley owes Cade York a beer. The Browns kicker missed a 54-yard field goal with 11 seconds to play, allowing the Chargers to hold on for a 30-28 win. That miss came after Staley, the Chargers coach, who likes to play fast and loose, went for it on fourth down um, near midfield, setting up what would have been a crushing loss for the Chargers. And yet, Shooky, uh, let me tee up Mark on this one. Um, and yet, Mark... In the end, it worked out because the rookie sensation, who maybe I shouldn't have put it in the kicker, kicker club after one week, is, it's gone to his head. He can't make the kick. He missed two in this game, another game they lost by two. 
Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's a lesson that, you know, what a kicker does in week one we've never seen before. There might be rough times ahead, especially if you played for a Browns team that looking at these first five games and Shook, I, you, you're feeling this as much as anyone. The inability to close some of these games where you had like for three and a half quarters, I see so much that I like about this Browns team, especially with Jacoby Brissett, who I never thought would do with what he's done. Play the way he has Nick Chubb looking like Jim Brown, David Ajoku looking like that contract made some sense at this point. I mean, the defense I have major issues with, but they've had a chance to go 5-0, and and they are a mess record-wise because they cannot figure out what to do when it matters most in the end. I think that anytime you put a game on a rookie kicker's shoulders, you're asking for trouble. But more importantly than anything, it's the fact that their defense has not been able to put together anything near a com- complete or consistent it's game. Bad. It's, it's been, been a mess. It was bad against the pass the first couple weeks. It was bad against the run last week. And this week, it was bad against everything. So no matter how well this offense plays, because this offense is putting a good amount of points on the board with Jacoby Brissett, who's playing above expectation. Anytime you have those breakdowns defensively, and they're ugly at times, very ugly, then you're always going to be in these close games. They've lost their three losses this year. Combined margin, six points. That's something that a defense can change. It's just one or two more stops per game. Mm. You can win those games. So I don't put it so much on Cade York. Yeah, he missed two field goals. He missed an extra point that opened the door for the Jets to win that game too. It's more about the fact that you cannot play consistent defense, and it is embarrassing. It's to the point where I'm watching out to see if they get rid of their defensive coordinator after only five weeks. Because it's that bad, it continues Oopa. to happen. It's terrible, right. and, and, it, and that's why they are where they are. They're an average team because of it. Because, Shook, like, this is not a first-year coordinator with new players. This is like these guys should know what they're session, doing. Greg. Yeah, yeah like, we're just sitting part in. Of the, part of the reason the Jets get back in is because right. Denzel Ward, who should be a top-five cornerback from what we know, gives up. He's getting burned by Corey Davis. It's like, wh- what is going on with this defense? Because we've heard Woods say, oh, we're going to need to simplify things. I don't like hearing that from a week multi-year five, coordinator. Week five simplifies a bad sign. Uh, right. They seem like a dumb defense. They make a lot of mistakes. And there's a lot of confusion. And they seem like an incredibly soft defense. I mean, the Falcons embarrassed them last week. And the Chargers had 238 yards rushing in this game. Going into this game, they only had 258 yards rushing on the season. They almost <laughs> topped that today. So It's a toughie. Uh, that's not good. And by the way, yeah, I, I, I see you are trying to get on Staley there, playing fast. I am. Hey, how about, how about you try to win the game a couple times? We've been asking for coaches to do that forever. Give the balls to your best player and try to win. And hey, babe, how about have two chances to win the game, win on offense or win on defense? That's right. why you do it. All right. Listen, that's why you do it. I get it. And to Staley's credit, he didn't back down after the game. He said, we're willing to live with that decision. There was no way I'm taking our offense off the field. And Cleveland's defense stinks. OK, there's logic to it. But I just think it was beyond, you know, the onions put them in a wheelbarrow because <laughs> they, you have a two point lead. You're at your own 46. You're up by two points. You take a timeout. And then you go for it. The Browns had 70 seconds and no timeouts. If you just execute on special teams, I think you're in good shape. But I understand that side of it. The, the, just, the numbers would say that's like one of the clear. No, I know you don't want to just go off the numbers, but that would have been one of the most clear decisions possible. Like one of the worst decisions of the week to kick it. And it's because of the it's partly because of the lack of timeouts, because you, you can hope for your defense to stop them still. If you uh, Wait, don't what get do you the say? yards. So the analytics like would the analytics, support going for it, Oh, yeah. Right? It was yes. like a plus 12 percentage Got type it. of point. I think, it's they, like, I, I, we, I think we agree and see all this business, but it, like, it, to me, it just felt in the moment a little bit uh, extra. Well, Keenan Allen didn't like it. He was watching on uh, Keenan Allen. Home. Is definitely what did Keenan have to say? 
He, t- what did he tweet here? Hold on. He said, what WTF the F are we the, doing? What the F are we doing? Exactly. <laughs> See, I got Keenan Allen on my yeah. side. That guy's a stud. Um, all right. Shoki, any other thoughts of a game where the teams combined for 908 total yards, 53 first downs, and your boy Jake Brisket has – uh, thrown just three interceptions all season, but man, he chooses in killer spots. He chooses a, a they've all yeah quite time. They've all come inside the that. last three minutes of the game. Last three minutes of the game, he's thrown all of them. But you know what? I've agreed with Greg a lot in my life, mm-hmm. in, including agreeing with him uh, on his decision to hire me way back in 2014. Was a great one. I've never agreed with him more than in this three minutes oh, right wow. here. Thanks, Nick. Well, good. Didn't know where you were going with that, but I liked it. Well, we'll see if see if you're on the show next week, Nick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, punchy. Nick Shook. Your Jets are, are a winning team, and you're punchy, Dan. I, I love know. it. Uh, I love you, Nick, and uh, we'll see you next week, buddy. All right, guys. All right, we'll take a break, and then we will get to those New York Don't teams. you go against those analytics, Dan. Never. I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare. <laughs> we'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring – your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, <laughs> hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. 
And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. To the swamps of Jersey. Play action. Thompson looks downfield. Under pressure. Lost the football. He was sacked. It's scooped up by Quinnen Williams. He's at the five-yard line before he's brought down. The Jets with a strip sack. Quinnen Williams ends up with the recovery. First and goal, Jets. Mmm, do you hear that? Well, you hear that? You deserve it. 40-burger bongos. No, not just I deserve it. Jets fans deserve that. You hear the buzz? hear the buzz in the building? At MetLife (laughs) Stadium? When Carl Lawson ices that game with the strip sack? Of the third-string quarterback of the Dolphins? Whatever. Bob was choosing with the call. Big play after big play. That was the story of the fourth quarter uh, between the Jets and Dolphins. The Jets making all the big plays. Miami giving them all up. And it ended with 40-17. The Jets beat the Dolphins, who were 3-0, now 3-2. and And as I said, you had uh, Tua didn't even travel with the team as he continues his recovery from the concussion. Teddy Bridgewater steps in on the first uh, series Sauce Gardner blitzes off the edge, untouched, whacks Bridgewater in the end zone for a intentional grounding safety, and Bridgewater suffers an elbow injury, gets examined for a concussion. He gets ruled out, so he is out. So Skylar Thompson, who was a preseason star, steps in, and he was fine. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't lights out, as you wouldn't expect him to be, but he wasn't the reason Miami lost this game either, in my opinion. Uh, what happened here was the Jets jumped out to a – uh, a big lead early, and Miami gets things under control to the point where early in the fourth quarter, they're lining up for a field goal with a chance to go ahead, and every Jets fan is thinking the same thing. I can't believe we're going to blow this game with this situation. Teron Ar- Armstead also went out for the Dolphins early in this game with a toe injury, their star left tackle, and yet the field goal is missed, and then with Brees Hall leading the way, the Jets offense takes over, and then the defense gets the stops, and all of a sudden, like I said, Mark, there's juice around the Jets. I don't know if they're frisky. I don't know if they're spicy, but they don't suck. They don't suck, and this is interesting. They're at least frisky at the very least. They are certainly frisky. I think they are, um, you know, just over the hillside exists spicy. (laughs) Go Go to Lambeau Field next week? And, and go that, to get and a that, dub, the, and you're spicy. The reason I think they are because, it's, like, so spicy is definitely better than frisky is what we're I saying? I think it's a matter of opinion. I, I tend to think you graduate from frisky to spicy. Okay. I, I tend to agree with you. I think frisky yeah. is also a, a mood that comes and goes. Uh, spicy, if you're spicy, you're just spicy. Spicy food stays spicy for the most part. That's what <laughs> the Jets you, are. Can you, can you say spicy a few more times? I, I mean, I'll, say, it, definitely I'll say a lot for this team because this team, this team has uh, sucked wind <laughs> For as long as we've been doing the show, outside of that fraudulent ten and six year, it wasn't couple, fraudulent. Well, whatever it was, it ended in a fraudulent. Yes, split. it did. This is actually, I think, the a day where you could say ever. it is a big <laughs> win for Joe Douglas. Who, you know, Joe Douglas gets a lot of praise, and it's like we haven't seen it in wins, but 
his picked players are starting to become the core of this team. Like Brees Hall today, uh, Sauce Gardner. I mean, it wasn't so much today, but Garrett Wilson's been good. Zach Wilson, after last week, he played a steady game today, it looks like today. It's like you can see the makings of a real team. And we finally, I thought, got the Robert Sala that we got a little bit on the Niners sideline that I think helped get him a job because the guy was total fire. And here he was was today. Very pumped up. And he should be because I think you put all this work into this and you go through the seasons and it's like last year was so rough. You've had injury situations with your wannabe starting quarterback this year already. Got to deal with Joe Flacco. And this happens today. I don't really care for the Dolphins side of it that much because it doesn't really matter. It's just the Jets probably learning we can win games. Yes. That matters. And that was they've stolen the, the, the three wins that they have all came two comebacks in the fourth quarter. And then this game where. They almost let a game get away, and then they just imposed their will on an opponent and blew them out of the building. So these are encouraging signs of growth. I think there's some swagger that starts to build with a, a young team, and the Jets are one of the younger teams in the league. So there is there is much reason for optimism after this game. The, the earlier comebacks, the Steelers win, the Browns, I almost didn't know what to make of those wins because they range from unlikely to miracle. This one's like, a, this is the one where you go, okay, I understand the Dolphins were shorthanded, but the Who fact, cares? But it doesn't matter, yes, because the Jets got the job done, and you're right. The, the thing that's been haunting the Jets during the time we've done this podcast since 2013 is they don't have any good young players. They're, they keep whiffing in the draft, so they stay talent poor. Sauce Gardner also had an interception in this game. Wow. He is a big-time, big-time defensive rookie of the year candidate. Garrett Wilson absolutely in the discussion as one of the best wide receivers uh, from his rookie class. And Brees Hall with almost 200 total yards in this game, he has, I think, maybe two, over 200, has announced himself as a potential star himself. So there are true reason for optimism. Can you right imagine now. WFAN tonight? We'll see how the Mets do. This well, is- right, but with both, both <laughs> football teams that have been moribund for so long, like showing some oh, yeah. I saw this is the first time since 2015 that they've been both over 500. They were a, a long mi- time. Midway <laughs> through that year, they were. That's uh, a long time. It's, like it's crazy. Babies are now eight when that was they the are, like- They are so much more talented, just generally. And you're right. That's the thing about putting a little, a few deposits in the Mojo Bank early. Mm-hmm. You're right. They got a little lucky in those wins. You don't know what to make. doesn't matter. Those wins still count. Yep. I and keep saying, who cares? Right. Those wins count. And then you have games like this where you totally deserve to win and that counts too and you start to feel that you're in every game that you can win in any situation you said Skylar Thompson wasn't the reason they lost but as some I didn't watch the game you know they averaged under five yards per uh, pass attempt they were almost leading the league coming into it at, at nearly eight That's fair. Like, but what, also what, you, well I don't even know what what, what well, was your Skylar Thompson throwing the ball experience the what was it like the numbers lie a little bit because they gained 100 yards in penalty yardage on deep shots that got flagged. So he did take shots. They didn't register in big gains for the receiver statistically, but they moved they moved the ball uh, with him thrown downfield. So um, probably would have been better with a quarterback with more experience. But again, like they just got beat on both sides of the ball in the last quarter of the game and turned it well, into a Well, they got to worry if they, if they don't have you know their top two quarterbacks next week. They, 
They also could be without Xavier Howard, who missed this game, their top cornerback. And then the Armstead injury, that's been a recurring injury. And they mentioned that it was a situation where they wanted to get him out early because they have a plan of like a specialist he's going to see in New York. And that that's their big-time left tackle who's missed a ton of games over the last five years for the Saints. It's one of the reasons the Saints didn't want to They can't him. have an injury without it becoming like a total like unsolved <laughs> right. mystery scenario. And in and, and, uh, and that uh, vein, I, I do want to say the NFL has the new concussion protocol. And you saw with Teddy in this game, he had no um, concussion symptoms. He passed every test, but because a spotter saw him stumble, he was removed from the game, and that was enough to take him out. And now you could either tell me that's the NFL making improvements, or you could say some corrective steering has been done to the point where we're not letting guys play when they're symptom-free and telling the coaching staff, I'm ready and I want to go in. This is all fallout from the Tua injury right. and the back-to-back And we announced games. this rule change this weekend, so you better believe we're going to find a way to give you an example of it on Sunday. Especially think, if it's a Dolphins quarterback. Well, I think the whole idea is that guys can pass the test and be symptom-free and be very much at risk for uh, a head injury. Like, you can look like you've you, – the, the players have shown they know how to pass these tests, basically, when right. they still are in – having a problem. So they're airing now I understand on the side that. of caution. That, that remains murky still in terms of, like, to, you asked the question, what happens in January if a spotter thinks that Patrick Mahomes took a misstep? Is he out of a playoff game? I, I mean, it's, I guess it's, there's, you know. Hopefully we don't find out. But, uh, yes, that's that's something to track in the post-Tua world after his head injury. Let's move now to the Superdome where Genomania looks to keep running strong. From the right hash mark, Taysom Hill keeps it, looks for first down, and he's got it, and he's got room to run. 50, 40, 30, 20. Will he get caught from behind? That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill to Taysom TD. <laughs> 60 yards. Uh, Mike Haas with the call, WWL. I don't know how Taysom did it get caught there. He, he was running out of gas, and he's looking behind him, wait, waiting to be tackled. Just never got tackled, so he goes into the end zone. One of three touchdowns for Hill. Taysom Hill still doing things, including that 60-yarder in the fourth quarter. He threw a touchdown pass. The Saints snap a three-game losing streak, and they much needed. 39-32 win over the Seahawks. Greggy, Hill has always been a polarizing player, um, but in this game, he kind of saved their butts. He has been great this year. He has been the most consistent part of their offense. This isn't just a one-game thing. Now, four touchdowns in one game. Also went one for one as a passer, you mentioned, for a touchdown. So that's his fourth. That That's pretty unique. Uh, but he's been very valuable for a really disjointed offense. And I know uh, someone could come at me with some numbers, but it feels to me like – Practically every time Taysom Hill has come into a game this year, like great things have happened. He's their only answer in the red zone. Uh, Defenses have not had an answer for him. He's just a great power runner, and he almost never throws the ball. So teams know he's going to run, and this offensive line has blown up holes for him, and he was crucial in finishing those drives. But he also was their kick returner because Deontay Hardy got hurt, and he had some pretty good kick returns. Mm. And, oh, by the way, when they're trying to seal the game, I think it was on a Camara run. 
They had Taysom Hill in at fullback, and he blows open uh, a huge hole, knocking out a Seahawks linebacker. It's like I was thinking about Chris Wesseling, and I was thinking about Mark in that first Taysom Hill year where you guys were fascinated what? by him and enjoying it. And this was like an ultimate Taysom Hill It's game. crazy it that it came like in a, a post-Sean Payton universe, but I had that sandwich bet that one year where I think I said he would score five or more touchdowns, and you kind of there was an elongated journey to get to that. I mean, it almost happened all in one day here. Yeah, it's. I remember there was that playoff game. I think it was a playoff loss where we were saying to the, the best player team. was on the field was Taysom <laughs> Hill. Was. And it was just like ah, <laughs> you but, like you don't like that stuff, but he was. But it's been like great. a meandering <laughs> journey ever since uh, for right. Hill. So, but to see him, you know, carry this team and Andy Dalton, Greg, what was uh, what do we see from him? Because I know Jameis Winston has been now out a couple weeks, and it's very kind of murky his timetable. Do you think Dalton is doing anything to hold on to this job? Yes. Or do you think it's his job? <laughs> Yes, just because I think they're just going to see how it keeps going. He's been far from perfect in both these games. I think he looks similar to a week ago where he's a little late on a couple throws. He had a bad interception. They also dropped a couple passes. He wasn't like the answer, but everything makes a little more sense with him. And he also was playing without Jarvis Landry. was a surprise late and active without Michael Thomas. And then Chris Olave was concussed on a touchdown catch that was overturned and they decide they said it was a touchdown but he slammed his head after possessing uh the ball so they were in a tough spot here offensively and i I, to me, he's just a little more trustworthy and I think is making more sense in terms of their offense. They needed 39 points today because their defense was not really stopping Geno too often. Then again, uh, Dalton you know, set, set up some of those points with the bad. Pick. I mean, Geno with three touchdowns of 30-plus yards. I mean, I, I think Dan and I are just taking uh, constant L's on the Geno front because— No, I'm playing the long game. But I'm, I'm waiting out. Like, but I mean, I'm at this, I also at this say, point, like, like, there is no L. <laughs> right. The fact that he had a five-game stretch like this is beyond anything anyone could have imagined. He's not supposed to be doing this. No. He, like, he genuinely <laughs> looks great. He looks great. And he's he. I, it is it is one of the most bizarre developments of the NFL season. I'm taking the long game because that's the only choice I have at this point. It is the only choice, yeah. <laughs> the short game isn't going to play. I, I said that I had, I had washed myself of all critique and was willing just to see what he did before the season and – I am seeing it, and I'm kind of he just stunned this is our reality. dimes in this game. Uh, you mentioned three touchdowns, 268 yards. He did take, like, a, a sack at the end that was kind of an old, you know, when they needed a touchdown drive late in the game uh, that was tough for him to take, was kind of old. Gino held on to the ball, but his great throws in this game were next level. I mean, you have to kind of say, if you're just judging yes. quarterback play on this season alone, he's got a pretty strong argument as a top five quarterback in the NFL this year. So you're right. Far. Right now, you're right. I would say maybe a, a true great quarterback would have rallied him to a win today. I didn't see the he game. Put up, but, they you know, put up 32. Uh, they had to get that last touchdown drive. And they had a terrible day, though, because they lost Rashad <laughs> Penny, who to me is such a key to this offense. Brutal. To a potential broken ankle that's going to knock him out for the season. And I just don't think they're the same team without him. One little seat, like every time I look up at the Seahawks defense, like Tariq Woolen is making a play. Yeah, he this was the is... one. He was the one making Taysom Hill look slow. He had a four-two-six-forty, so that's why he was catching don't try up. To, don't try with to Taysom. have your own Hufanga. What? You're trying to have a Hufanga. I've been, t- I've been pumping I am up allowed to Tariq have Willen. that, by the no, way. No, you Why can, would... but I see what you're doing. You're trying <laughs> to have only, a Hufanga. Why would is I... he not allowing you to enjoy <laughs> Hufanga because he had a good week one and he was assigned to the 49ers? But you're not allowed to like other defensive you players. You do not own me or set those rules. 
How about that? I just think, am I, is it I have, one I second, have, Justin? I have a company org chart, too, Kwan. and you are not above me in the company org chart. He was great. But is it, is it, is it true or is it not true that what? You, you see that I'm enjoying my Hufanga high life, and you're like, ooh, I want my own Hufanga. I mean, I completely forgot about your Hufanga thing until right. you picked the so wrong guy. So. I've been bringing up Willen every week. Oh, he, is a, he is amazing. So you've yeah. claimed He's him. kind of my uh, guy. I mean, you, two are, you two are intensely possessive. I don't <laughs> understand. News, it is It is the sport for the all the people, not that just, not you, just you two have, a, have still, your little barn of players. There's, there's a blank spot for your guy. Yeah. Well, there's hundreds of other people for me to pick from. I'm taking Jack Jones, too, of the Patriots. Jones off the board. Extremely possessive. Just a fun note for this game and for the Saints in general. The Saints are 2-0 against bird teams. Dan's not going to like this. 0-3 against (laughs) non-bird teams. And they have a chance this year. This is not. This does this not happen is, very this often. This is stupid. Two they and have a whole is bird gauntlet that they could play this How year. How many bird teams are there? Cardinals Crazy. in week seven, Ravens in week nine, Eagles in week seventeen. So they have a chance so go, to go five go. or six and zero because they play the Falcons twice. Or five and thirteen, or five and right. twelve. It would be really fun if they only beat bird teams. I think. And five and thirteen if they snuck into the Tarry. playoffs at five and twelve. Just to let just to let you know mathematically there. Bunch of nugs in there. All good. Speaking of birds, the Falcons. They headed to Tampa. They wanted to make a statement. Could they? Rudolph in motion to the right. The snap. Play action fake in the pass by Brady. Two for the touchdown, Tampa Bay. Easy pickings for Tom Brady. And Leonard Fournette. Fire the cannons. You know, that is so on brand. The Bucks are kind of my radar. It's not a very fun, exciting team. We're doing like a, you know, a dump pass to Lenny Fournette for the touchdown for the highlight. But that's it what it is. But he deserves it. You know why? Lenny Fournette was a stud in this game. He's been quiet this year, but uh, he scored t- two touchdowns, had a mess of yards, and the Bucks take care of business with a 21-15 win over the Falcons. Mark, the Falcons made it close down the stretch, and you were you were very fired up in the newsroom today over a particular call late in this game. Well, I think anyone anyone watching this game would be, and, and, and certainly Falcons fans watched um, a potentially – season-altering comeback, melt away uh, with what was one of the worst calls. So late in the game, Tom Brady is driving, but the Falcons essentially have him stopped and throw him down. Like there is a Grady Jarrett sack on Tom Brady that would have ended the drive. And it is called essentially for roughing the passer. And he put his arms around him and kind of wheeled him around to the ground. Perfectly fine tackle, and then this is the call. What happened? The, West Durham uh, and Dave Archer. Listen from to their WCGC. annoyance because it is—it's fitting. Falcons radio. Brady working from the gun. Brady retreats, looking, looking. Here comes Brady Jarrett. You shall not pass. Oh, that is brutal. Surely they didn't call slinging him down. This that will be a horrendous call. A They're going to call Brady Jarrett for slinging down Brady on this sack. You no. will not see a worse play than this. Speak, speak to it. That's a disgrace. I mean, we're watching that on the video here, and it just, it's, I, it, it was unbelievable. And that drive it's also, not even close, Mark. Not even close. That drive also had a, a, a third and four call where the Bucks had the ball, and AJ Terrell was called for holding. That was a completely bizarre holding call. And then even later, this even, this went against. This went against the Bucks, but there was a deep shot that should have been pass interference. So that the calls were all over the place, and it seemed like this was almost a makeup call of some sort. But it completely changed the game and allowed the Bucks to go on to win. When the, the Falcons, like they've done in other games, were growing spicier and spicier, and they did not have Cordero or Patterson. They did frisky not have or Kyle. spicy? They're frisky. 
they they are I guess to me I want to see them as spicy because Should we have a spicy frisky conversation on Tuesday I think we show. need to because I think it's I don't, time. I think we We've all have our putting different it off ideas. Long enough. It's time to have that conversation. And even before you when I say it right now, <laughs> even before when I said I had my definition of of spicy, just I just I see it as all sorts of things both ways. Okay. But the Falcons, Tune I mean, just that. had to be so frustrated because this should have they. I mean, they still would have had to score a touchdown. You know, they would have they would have had to, but I think they, they could have. I mean, hand them a victory if they don't get that call. That's all I'm saying. I'm not annoyed. I think it's just it changed. It melted away their shot at going down the field. I'm but, like right. also a little annoyed by your guys' narrative lately. Like, like oh, I don't narrative. like this. I don't like the style points. Tom Brady is not being entertaining enough. He's 45 years old and he has 730 yards in the last two weeks, but it's not like pretty you know, enough. All, you know like, what I'd say? It's like, oh, Matt Ryan, put him in a casket. And he's eight years younger, and Brady's out here throwing dimes and you what do you want you're not wrong I don't know. like i, I go watch the, this saw another years touchdown. Old. Just, like a one and a half yard Greg's touchdown Greg, back the truck up for one second go watch <laughs> the game to do with it go watch the game and see if it looks like he threw for that much yardage it's all it's just like uh, there's not a lot of downfield action he's some nice stuff with mike That's evans all I'm saying, but greggy it's it's not a visual joy I, i'm looking forward to watching this game so i'll reserve comment on like my thoughts on their offense but i'd love to see a couple of those like patented Tommy Boy spirals 50 yards down the field. The Chris Godwin catches in stride for 70. You're just not seeing a lot of explosiveness from the offense. But I guess I, I hear what you're saying. I'm saying this man is 45 years old, putting that up 350 yards a week. But what just is, like, I don't know what should we keep bring up his age. We've already yeah. we've already because we he's know doing something no one's ever done in the history of the sport. So I'm, I'm missing I'm, my point. I'm grading him on a different curve. Now, I I don't I think you're separating Brady, who's throwing the ball well, from the the way that it is to watch this offense. It's just something is a downtick from last past years. No doubt. Um, there was a boy who ran onto the field and, according to the Associated Press, was tackled hard by security personnel. This feels like something that would spring from your imagination. Or maybe it's the boy inside you running onto the field, so it wasn't even a real person. Anyway, do you have anything on this? I mean, I, I think, if, you know, I had predicted in our uh, October 4th something was going to happen by then predictions that a streaker would happen at the Rams. It was a protester. Streakers right, are but- nude. But but like in within a seven day period, two two human beings are doing this, and this is mo- more bizarre. It's a child, right? No so, one has a, a, a video of this. Are we? Are we? We got, you, we I don't got think a you small should. child getting slammed. I don't think you should. I, I, I want to see it. The, the security oh, guard it. goes, "Oh, it. here's oh. a ten year old boy. I'm gonna slam him to the turf." Uh, I mean. To me, if if you run on the field, the the laws of uh, society the society don't apply. Apparently the mother Age doesn't matter. I read that the mother uh, said that he was ten, but the official said he's older than ten. And then they said, "Hey, mom, why are the kids on the field?" She's like, "I got a lot of kids here. Right. I lost track of this one." How would the security official know by it's sight like, that he was older than ten? But this kid, yeah, this kid had some pretty good <laughs> lateral quickness, so I I don't think you could cut him any slack. Hey, ma, how about we? Uh, don't take all the kids to the game if we can't account for them. Right. Limit the selection of uh, who's he going. He got body rocked. All they right. would have called a penalty on that if someone did that to Well, what is this? Security man is meant to body rock people when they when – they, I'm, not, I'm not siding with him necessarily. I side with children. And they did ask Tom about that BS call, and he said, hey, I don't, I don't, I don't make the calls, which is <laughs> well, what I would doesn't. say too. So. All right, doesn't let's take care. a break. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring – your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, let's move on and check in with the team of ATN. They have to they have to do something. Maybe. I mean, they did something. To Foxborough. Steady in the hands. He takes the step. He is going to look to play it out. He's chased by Judah. Going to the left. Oh, oh no. It's scooped up. Denver has it. Foot race to oh, the 35-30. Denver's in the clear to the 10. End zone bound. High-stepping. Leaping. Coming down with a Woo. touchdown. New England. There's the call by Bob Sochi and a sentient Powerade bottle. WBZ. You know, I don't know, man. I don't know. Kyle Dugar made a house call from 59 yards out. Ramondre Stevenson rushed for a career-high buck 61. And the Patriots mow down the toothless Lions. 29-0 at Foxborough. Oof. Greg, you know, this is to the credit of Bill Belichick. The Patriots are like unique and to me that even in, now that they're not special, but if they if they're like ready for a team and prepared and the, a team comes into their building on certain Sundays, these things happen. Like if Belichick has a team's number and has them cooked up, 30 nothing, 40 nothing, 50 nothing, always in play. It happens a couple times a year, happen here. I I think that's well put and it speaks to the Patriots will still let other teams beat themselves. And, and I thought they were so close to doing that the last couple of weeks against two decent teams, the Packers and the Ravens. But when they play a team like the Lions, who are ready to beat themselves, they let it happen. And defensively, Bill Belichick had Jared Goff in a vice grip. I mean, Ooh. I was having Super Bowl flashbacks. They got very aggressive with their pressures, and Jared Goff didn't know where it was coming from. This offense, which uh, had scored the most points of any in the league, 
did not know what to do, and Goff was holding the ball and having that sort of Goffian type of game to the point that Dan Campbell's comment to the sideline reporter coming out of halftime was like, Jared just needs to relax back there. And I was Uh like, ooh, don't say that publicly. Uh Uh, He did not relax back there. Is this a Matt Patricia revenge game? They would. It would have hmm. been positioned the other way, I think, if they if they had <laughs> lost. I'm sure the Lions let's, players want to get Let's hear, after. and again, the team of around the NFL, oh my since we named them the team of around the NFL, are winless in three games. To me, it's, uh, it's about as, <laughs> as bad as it gets. I mean, this is the worst. You know, this is where we're at. And sometimes uh, it's going to get it's going to get bad before it gets better. And, and uh, you know, I believe we hit rock bottom. And so, so now the only place to go is back up. What is happening uh, to you, Dan? Can, uh, can I... <laughs> uh, play, play the Vince McMahon one. The way, the way it, one. it led right into Patricia was brilliant <laughs> producing one again. that. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, Lions fans. Hey, man, this, this, this is was, a bummer. The this Lions was are not bottom. doing well. This is, is rock it rock bottom? bottom? Because I mean, I think so. I think these, they're going to bounce back. I guess these things can always get worse. Twenty-nine well, they, nothing is pretty bad against the Patriots team that's starting a third-string quarterback. It's and the uh, the one thing that I wrote about in the Power Rings last week is like we knew the defense has all sorts of problems, and we saw it again in this game. Uh, but the offense had been scoring 35 points a game, and the concern was what if that comes back down to earth and the defense stays bad? Then you're one of the worst teams in the league. And that's what they look like. You know, based on the score, that's that's what they seem like in they, this game. They, you are a factory of sadness! <laughs> they went 0 for 6 on fourth downs. Uh, so that was uh, a factor. Like, wow. they were moving the ball. That's the most fourth downs anyone's ever attempted. No one had ever topped five uh, without doing it, without gaining one before. Jack Jones is a thing. This rookie cornerback is a playmaker can't for the Patriots. And and Matthew Judon has can't been – yeah, you can't have Jack Jones. I know, I'm not playing this game with the two of you Second throughout week. the entire episode. And uh, <laughs> Matthew Judon is having a monstrous season. That was his strip sack. He had two sacks yeah. in this game. He has a sack in every single game this season. And, yeah, you mentioned Zappi. Oh, by the way, the third-string quarterback goes 17 for 21, 188, and his interception only came because Nelson Aguilar uh, starts mm. playing volleyball that with the so ball. That is so Patriots, by the way. Yeah. It's I, almost like all the hand-wringing about the coaching staff being in tatters. This is a well-coached team that's going to make the most of what they have. The AFC East is back. How about that? This is the best. I, I don't think the Patriots are going to be major factors, but I think they're going to be a tough out. And the, and uh, this is a team, a nice division little, full of tough outs. They're a nice outs. little berserker. Yeah. Let us head to Landover. Wentz takes the snap. Looking. Throwing. Intercepted. Intercepted. David Long. was the big play, and it came what a play. on the last play, and that's three in a row. Never a doubt. I doubt it. Mike Keith, WGFX, with the call. David Long Jr. intercepted Carson Wentz at the one-yard line with six seconds to play, allowing the Tennessee Titans to escape with their third win in a row, 21-17 over the Commanders. Gravedigger, you know what? Listen, don't look now, but all of a sudden Titans are in first place. Everybody else stinks. The AFC South seems to be in good order for you. But I'm sure you were white-knuckling this one with the rest of Titans Nation uh, when Carson Wentz had them at the one, right? 
Well, here's the thing. Carson Wentz had gone the entire game without making a mistake. Do. So as a Titans fan, yeah. you're like, it's coming. Here comes the I interception. <laughs> I had locked up your Titans, and even I was standing next to Greggy in the newsroom. We were watching it. And I was like, no, he's going to botch us. He's Carson Wentz. It's coming. It's coming. And after he nearly threw one pick, then he threw the one that mm, I the On the next game. play, yep. And this was a pretty ugly game overall, I feel like. Lots Shocker. of sacks, lots of holding <laughs> penalties, both offenses struggling to move the ball. Titans score seven points in the second half, which is the most points they've scored in the second half since week one. So that was a, an improvement, I guess. Um, both teams really banged up on the offensive line, so it felt like both quarterbacks were under pressure the entire game. And that was just Let's see not if, fun to watch. Uh, just I'm going to check right now in real time. Did these teams combine for 600 total yards of offense? Here we go. Yes, because Drum roll, for the fourth game in a row, the Titans allowed a 300-yard passer, which is the longest streak in franchise history to allow a 300-yard passer. This is such a passer. Titans game. You get outgained by 140 uh, against the Commanders, but you get out of there. That really was a great play at the end. But I don't think it's a rule just because – you you can get four plays that you have to throw the ball four straight plays well, they because it's under, Carson Wentz throwing the ball. I know they don't have a, a timeout. They had 18 you, seconds when they were set up at first and goal. On you the could one. have put Carson Wentz in sort of a, a run pass option situation, yes. and get him out on the edge on first down, and even if he gets stuck in bounds and makes a bad decision, you can still get up to the line. Yes. You, like when he was throwing the ball, it was just waiting for the interception. Yeah. Well, it was. It reminds me of also like the Thursday night game, the way that ended with uh, Russell Wilson in straight shotgun with uh, no mo, no nobody in motion, no run pass option, and you just kind of like put yourself in a tougher situation. And with Wentz, it's like why give him so many chances. To, to mess with you where you he's a big guy like head towards the goal line yeah. good things could happen uh, but that Shooky I guess uh, not Shooky uh, Grave Digger I think the uh, <laughs> the issue that definitely not Shooky I would have here is yeah 241 total yards for the Titans less yep. than four yards per play Derrick Henry looks like Den Derrick Henry the big dog is still the big dog everything else still seems like a lot of work needs to be done I came out of this game thinking that the only playmaker the Titans have on offense is Derrick Henry and I kind of felt that way going in but after the game it's just so clear they are passing him the, the ball more and they had a brilliant screenplay set up to him where Tannehill made a nice throw through traffic to get it to him and then on the next play they faked a screen to Henry and came back to uh, Dontrell Hilliard on the other side who ran into the end zone which was a nice play the game winning play for the Titans was a downfield strike to Nick Westbrook Akina which was like the fourth longest play air yards attempt of the season by any team. Hmm. And it was a weird play because the cornerback for Washington just like stopped covering Westbrook like midway down the field. Like, I don't know what he was looking that. at. I yeah. would like to know why in the middle of my Saturday, I receive a text oh, um, with Jessica sitting in my seat here in the studio with an announcement <laughs> suggesting that she's replacing me on the show because Justin's visiting this the the building with family and making plans for the future Speak to and it, the Justin. production. Well, we had a, a friends and family visit. That's a cool thing that the NFL office allows us to do on Saturdays. So I, brought, I don't think Mark has a problem with that specifically. That part seems n nice for you. Yeah, so I brought I my parents and Jessica <laughs> and a, my a friend, a couple that are friends with my parents that I've known my whole life here to see the studio. That's wonderful. See what I do. Are you at all concerned, Graver, that she missed Mark so much she had to like get into a place where she could physically touch something he had touched once? That's a fair question. Mm. That's, a, that's a, an apt uh, query by Greg. <laughs> I wasn't until you brought that up. No, uh, I'm not the commanders were one of 11 on third down, including that interception. 
they're last in the NFC East, and you know. And their first third down conversion was on that two minute the drive. Old Zeuser, the old Zeuser got a little lucky there at the end. Not a little lucky. Oh, not, never not as lucky as our Eagles lockers. Come on. No. Um, by the way, <laughs> speaking of locks, so Zeuser's four and one alone in first place, and you know, the West Wesling brothers. Who did they lock? They were they locked the Rams. Yeah, you know what? Oh wow! Can we just go over something here? Now I'm thinking about it. Nick's Nick's message that we played in the Thursday show. Very confident. Yeah. In uh, the message, he mentioned that his brother Mike, old Zeuser fan, wanted to pick the Jets. Jets won. Phil Wessling wanted to pick the Chargers. Oh, good Chargers one. Chargers yeah. won. Eddie wanted to pick the Cowboys. Nobody's underdog, Eddie. And then <laughs> the decision was made, though. Nick chose the Rams. You blew it! Isn't it maybe time for Nick to, almost as a penalty, to give up the video duties and the message to the show on Thursday? I think I, he, should, he should be penalized because if you go back and if you go back the, to beat. the listener and listen to the Thursday show, uh, there is certainly an aura of of hubris. He made fun uh, of Eddie. He right, says he, Eddie's famous for right. bad decisions, so I'm just going to flip the pick and take the There's other no, team. Th- like, there is no committee work. He just sort of slammed them all down and, and chugged them aside, and then he created the only loss and, possible. And, and, and then he goes on Twitter, and he, and he tried to make a statement. This loss is 100% on me. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we were there when you made the pick. Of course it's on it's you. Like the quarterback that throws it right to the linebackers is tapping his chest as he goes back to the yeah. sideline. We know, bro. Uh, we knew that the Charlotte uh, football team, the Carolina Panthers, would have a hard time of it on Sunday. And sure enough, that's how it played out. Baker out of the shotgun, four-man pressure. Throws too high, intercepted. Emmanuel Mosley running back the other way. Mm-mm. Cuts inside, 10-5. Mosley, touchdown! E-man with a house call. Mm, Greg Papa with a call. KNBR. Emmanuel Mosley returned that interception from Baker Mayfield. 41 yards for the score. And the Niners coasted to a 37-15 win over the Panthers. And I, I wonder, you wonder if Matt Rule, by the time people are listening to this, still has a job. Because this is another non-competitive effort at home. The team is now 11 and 27 under Rule, and you you just get the feeling it's getting close for Rule now. So the Niners kind of just took care of business in this game, guys. Uh, somebody had to watch it. I watched it. Um, they didn't jump off the page to me or jump off the screen. Garoppolo threw for 253 and two touchdowns. Jeff Wilson ran for 120 yards and a touchdown. It's, it was a mismatch here, um, and. Carolina just can't get anything going on offense. Baker, near the end of the second quarter, suffered an ankle injury and was walking around in a boot after the game. And uh, the only thing worse than Baker this season, Mark, would be the idea of playing Baker when he's has no mobility. Uh, it just goes from bad for worse for Carolina and for the Niners and for Gravedigger, who locked up the Niners. Sometimes you just take care of business, check the box yeah, yourself, no, and move on. No, it's a like um, day by the Niners and a it. lock for, for Gravedigger. I... I like I find the ba- Baker Mayfield journey about as depressing as it gets. I find the dark energy around the Panthers um, inexcusable. A lot of it has to just do with the way they've handled this quarterback situation for years. It's somehow gotten worse and worse and worse. And I, this version of Baker Mayfield, I mean, look at it was 
there have been no illusions on my behalf with Baker Mayfield that he was a top 10 quarterback for a long, long time. But we have seen versions of Baker Mayfield, throws that he's made in the past, streaks he's been on, games like in 2020 when he was a pretty flawless quarterback down the stretch. That player, that person is gone right now. And the, and the Panthers, as part of that, are completely floating. Um, this is I, the hardest te- one of the hardest teams to watch in the league. I call this an empty restaurant game. You know how it's really depressing to eat in an empty restaurant? Yeah. You know, you got the staff there, and you, you wear it. You know, it just seems sad because the place isn't doing well. Watching the Panthers right now with their the head coach situation and knowing that the fan base has turned against the quarterback who's not playing well, and they don't even really have someone to turn to. P.J. Walker got some snaps in garbage time here. It's just a, it's just a bad scene well, they left for the Panthers too, right late now. In that game, uh, I saw some – tweets and some pictures just like 49ers fans were still there Panthers fans were not and those that sort of image often does happen on your last day as yeah. as as coach it's too bad for the 49ers uh that they were struck again by more really significant injuries in this game Emmanuel Mosley is believed to have suffered a torn ACL and I really think that one huge difference this year is their secondary has been better. Charvarius Ward has been a fantastic pickup, and Mosley's been a rock-solid cornerback right next to him, and I think they're going to lose him for the year. Robbie Gold got hurt. Jimmy Ward broke his hand uh, Nick in Bosa this game. got hurt. Nick Jimmy Bosa Ward has had hurt like 207 times right. in like he can the last probably years. Some, you know, He can come back from that, and it's too bad because otherwise there was a lot of positives for this game. They ran the ball well. They had three or four long offensive drives, which they actually haven't done all year so it, against a decent defense. like It was a great game for them, but just more injuries. All right, uh, let's take a break, and we'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, the Packers went down. Opportunity for the Vikings. And they get the Bears. Take care of business. Let's see what happened. A U.S. Bank Stadium. Fields back to pass. Throws left. It's caught. Emir Smith-Marset against his former team. Rip it. Stolen Stole it. it. And he slides down and Chicago Bears had the Vikings are gonna win <laughs> and they did Paul Allen with the call KFAN there there are two listeners that know I'm referencing the 1989 Hulk Hogan movie no holds barred <laughs> I've seen that. Uh, anyway Cameron Dantzler sealed the victory for the Vikings ripping the ball away from former teammate Amir Smith Marset near the one minute mark it sealed a 29-22 win uh, for the Vikings over for at least one Sunday, the feisty Bears. Oh, we didn't factor in feisty. That could be a, a third Frisky, category. Frisky, feisty, feisty, spicy. We should do tears, I think. I mean, feisty okay. is my least of intriguing of the, of the bunch. I, th- I think me. we all are in agreement yeah. on that. That's, that's but it's a, it's a step. But anyway, Mark, so this game was uh, interesting because it wasn't interesting. The Vikings were cruising, and then the As the Vikings do, they let the opponent back in. I'm going to step in here for Mark because I was assigned to this game, and I enjoyed it. I watched (laughs) it in the late window. Why does uh, the paperwork say otherwise? Uh, I was in a panic throw. I was in a head. Mark looked at me. Please help me. (laughs) That's not how I said That's not how I would have said that. The word doc says otherwise. I mean, you don't have to dig his grave. You don't have. You know, you could fall the sword. The grave diggers dig. He dug his own. I dug my own. I dug my own grave on that one. No. It's okay. You gotta give uh, life the shows Vi- are hard. The, yeah, the, you gotta give the Vikings some credit. They are extremely streaky. Kirk Cousins is what's new. Maybe the most streaky quarterback in the NFL in general. He can get on hot streaks where he's incredible. Started you know seventeen stri- for seventeen in this game. Some beautiful touch passes, and then they can go through total quiet periods. But you gotta admit, when they've absolutely needed a drive this season, Need it. they've gotten it. When they've absolutely needed a stop this season. Got it. They've got it. And that's why they're 3-0 and in these uh, one-score games, and that's why they don't feel like they should be 4-1. and But they were clearly the better team uh, this afternoon, and I, I think they deserve this one. I don't have to apologize for it, but also I just the, 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 the slow ebb for Justin Jefferson a couple weeks ago, he's broken out of that because he exploded in London, 12 catches today, 154. I think it was, so that's good. happening. halftime. When that's happening, then I think Kirk Cousins can overcome his streakiness to some degree if you're going to get this out of Jefferson. I don't think he's ever going to overcome it. Yeah, he's not going to. But here, this is an interesting quote from Cousins. Uh, This is what he said after the game. I'm not where I was at the end of last season in that old system, but we're developing it and Hmm. we're getting there, and I'm excited about that continued growth. It's a start. That's all it is, though. It is a new offense, though. That makes sense to me. Uh, He also had a bad interception that was – 
part of this comeback. At that point, it was 21-19 Vikings, and it looked like they might blow this game. They were they were up 21-3 to at halftime. Justin Fields definitely had his best day throwing the ball. They protected him really well, so there were some encouraging signs uh, for the Bears. But like I said, like they were down. They were down 22-21. Okay, Vikings, you've kind of got pushed back. What are you going to do? And they just marched right down the field, a dominant drive. Jefferson gets the two-point conversion. Like Cousins made really nice throws when he absolutely needed to. Justin Fields check in before we move in. Move on. Yeah, he played well. Uh, oh, okay. The first half, not so much. He said his best game. 21 throws for 208 yards. He was he had, he was back there uh, cooking steaks, uh, so that that helped that he was protected really Swear. well. But had that's like the new uh, phrase. Kids are saying that. Kids are saying these they're back there cooking steaks. That's they're a, saying uh, that about a quarterback being well protected or something he's else. Back they're there doing. <laughs> no, he's they're back talking there about cooking cooking quarter, are saying that? quarterbacks. Quarterbacks that are uh, caked back up and there. cooking steaks. Not, no, I don't know if he, they're, they're going to say he caked up. Uh, <laughs> Also, there was like a, a play he ran on that got overturned by penalty that just reminded me, gosh, you got to get Justin Fields in the open field running. It is fearsome when he has a head of steam behind him. Kevin so, O'Connell in his bag in this game. I mean, there were good. there were trick plays. Justin Jefferson had a nice pass. There's like a push pass to Rager. Like everything was working for a little while. Anybody on the Minnesota defense that might fit the mold for Mark having a guy? I would not go <laughs> NFC North. I thought you were gonna say, "Is there anyone caked up on the Vikings defense?" I was like, "I'm gonna have to." Probably I'm sure there is. I'm sure they're 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 fit individuals. <laughs> all right, we'll run it out of games to find a guy for Mark. That's I mean, all. Cameron Dantzler's having a year for sure. Mark? He's like you more of like you a don't need to organize corner. this. This is not. It's not how this works. You don't need You're to organize this. You're overrating my interest in 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 the whole thing too. Let's head to Jacksonville. Duval. Second and goal inside the one. Pierce the lone back. Mills under center. Offset eye. Hand off Pierce to the goal line. He's in. The Texans take the lead. A one-yard touchdown run by Damian Pierce. Welcome back to Gator Country. Bang. Mark Vandermeer. That's the first time we've heard his voice. K-I-L-T. Damian Pierce ran for 99 and a touch. A score that was set up by a 20-yard run in which he broke not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six tackles. And it helped allow the Texans to beat the Jaguars 13-6. They've won nine straight against the Jags. Um, it's preposterous. Uh, Mark, is this your game? Yes, it is. Okay, my, I, my system has been shaken. I'm powering through. It sounds like yet another masterpiece from the AFC South Division. Uh, this was, I felt like this game was roughly 11 and a half hours long. Um, when you get one of these in the early window, it can affect your Sunday. I did not allow it to. I just let it be. Good. But I here's the it thing shows about growth. The Texans, like you, if you squint occasionally, you can kind of see what they're trying to do with their offense because Nico Collins, who we've talked about a lot, like I don't think has been largely invisible this season compared to what I thought, made a couple big catches in this. Nice. Davis Mills made a couple of nice throws. He also did not play well for big chunks of this, but Damian Pierce is the real deal. The bigger story for me, though, is it was another case study of the Jaguars, who have been really up and down, mm. not being able to close. They They at one point had a drive where they went nine plays, 68 yards to the Houston 7, and then Trevor Lawrence throws an absolutely terrible interception to Derek Stingley. Mm-hmm. He's the reason sometimes, a lot of times, these drives don't fit. James Robinson stuffed on fourth and one. They were 0-3 on third down. The, fourth, the last of those was fourth and 10. 141 left. They're down 13-6. Trevor Lawrence fires the ball off target. Game over, essentially. Houston closed it out from there. And it's just like, 
I, I'm, it's not a weekly referendum on Trevor Lawrence. I know we're <laughs> yeah, not allowed to. this is not going to be good for your, you don't want a <laughs> no, but, weekly referendum but, but, on Lawrence because now it's coming. But if we're going to do that with yeah. every other young quarterback to some degree, it's just like he's, he, there was a couple really good weeks where you started to see progress, but he's back in the place today where I thought he's just missing key throws in the game. Maybe, maybe people want the progress too badly. Maybe I, maybe I was more speaking about last week, you know, with the conditions and whatnot, maybe he was, take it easy with the referendum. But this was set up well for Lawrence to have a great game. He's home. He's against the Texans, the only winless team in the league. And to play poorly... Yeah, you if you're if you're a Jaguars fan that was sold on generational guy, here I am doing it now. You're expecting him to play better than he played today. They, they did have 422 yards of offense. Like Travis Etienne had a couple big runs. I mean, you, again, you can squint and see it with both these teams, but the, the Texans put up 13 points. If you told the Jaguars you're going to have it to deal with, you have to overcome 13 points. Mm. And you can't do it. You put up 6. Passes just sail on Lawrence and that's what happened to him on a couple yeah. open throws and that that's a recurring issue going back to last year. That that was like the one thing where I it was like, I'm not blaming that on Urban Meyer when he's just drops back to pass and sails passes. Right. And that, that's happened a little too much. In all three of their losses, Dan, yes. he had an interception or a turnover in the final possession when they were trying to drive not a for good the look. win. Not a good look. Gravedigger, I, I, I'm starting to think now, we'll see. The, the Jaguars have had some good moments early on this year too, uh, but the last two weeks have been pretty dire. Um, if the Jaguars continue along this path, you you could win the AFC South with seven wins. Well, today the could Colts win it three are, weeks from now. Colts are back in second place, just like we all expected preseason. The Jaguars third, Texans fourth. Like everything that happened in we the first three weeks. We kind of needed the Jaguars to take that step, and we were all feeling like that was going to happen. And now you're right back to wondering if they're still the Jaguars. And now the Colts play the Jaguars next week, and then the Colts Somebody go to Tennessee there. That's gonna be week ugly. seven. And so. now we've got uh, the rarest of all rare things. We've got some. Trade breaking news during the show. A trade on a Sunday night, Justin Graver. Breaking news. To these two teams? That would be even more amazing. No, I wish. But Uh. uh, the Browns are acquiring former Pro Bowl linebacker Deion Jones from the Falcons in exchange for a late round draft pick. Problem solved. They have injury issues at linebacker. I mean, and and they're getting run over like they are. Deion Jones, who we talked about throughout the summer, is he going to get moved or cut? He does get moved just in October, not August. The subject of uh, about 400 words that I wrote at halftime of the Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl. Mm. Deion Jones and D.F. Devondre Campbell. Unbelievable. There you go, Mark. What, in what way? I don't know. You have, uh, maybe Deion Jones will tap into the fountain of youth and be that game changer he was. Maybe once he will. Upon a time. I just like the idea that they like went home after the game and they're like a, making a trade on a Sunday a night. Trade. Never seen that. It's Thank like we've given up 500 yards rushing this in two get, weeks. So. This will get Mary, Mary Kay Cabot off my back, <laughs> says your boy. Well, she Barry. was probably home having a glass Andrew of wine Barry. at this point, and then she's back on the on she's the like, computer. Son of a... Right. I got to sit down and write 800 words on this, please. I'm uh, leaving. All right. One more game. Let's hit Sunday Night Football. It will be a 43-yard field goal attempt for Justin Tucker. Snap is good. Hold is down. Kick on the way. It is up. It is good. Time has expired. And the haze of the barn. What a night for the Ravens. They come back to beat the Bengals. 19-17. And they do it on the right foot of Justin Tucker. Was there ever a doubt? Not here. (laughs) Justin Tucker. And here's the thing about Justin Tucker. 
When Justin Tucker makes a field goal, it doesn't just go through the uprights. It splits them. <laughs> you could mathematically measure each side, and it will be a perfect split of the uprights. He did it again. Bangs it home from 43, was it? 43. 43. It was the difference. It was the final play of the game. Ravens 19, Bengals 17. Uh, Tucker got that opportunity because Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense took over in their final possession and was able to march the march 50 yards into field goal uh, range in two minutes. And that came after, Mark, uh, Joe Burrow with T. Higgins sidelined with a knee issue and an inability to tack downfield still put together a 13-play 75-yard drive that uh, gave Cincinnati the lead briefly, but they couldn't hold on. So Cincinnati 2-3, and three, Baltimore 3-2. Three and two. I, I, it, To me, a very AFC North uh, game. I, it doesn't change that much what I think about either club. I mean, I think as much of the Bengals' 15-play, 73-yard drive. Mark loves a long, slow drive. Well, no. I mean, mm-hmm. they, so that actually, to me, felt like a major lost opportunity. It ends on downs. Like, they leave points on the board. They open with four punts. I came out of the scene that I thought Cincinnati had moved away from some of their issues, their offensive line issues, and that was not the case tonight. I mean, like, Lael Collins at one point was, you know, he had Zach Taylor grabbing him by the waist, trying to talk to him up and down the sideline after a messy series of plays. I think that plays. was that fourth down play that yeah. had Collins it was. probably it was. did something I mean, wrong. We don't know what that was about. That could have been just Collins was fired up because the play call was so bad, or it was Collins. It, it as Col- Chris Collins would have said that perhaps he he ran the wrong play, Collins' I mean, assertion, he essentially. Was, uh, J- JPP came in and took care of Lil Collins. Just like the, it was a messy Bengals game that kind of reopens the questions of, like, why does this offense look so completely different than it did last year when they also headline issues. Well, they they did run the ball much better tonight. Joe Mixon looked like he had juice for the first time all season. I, I At no point have I felt like they've solved their offensive problems. They hit a couple big plays against the Dolphins. The Ravens, on the other hand, though, I think are solving their defensive problems. Really, since Marcus Peters got healthy and back in the lineup, they've been pretty competent now the last couple of weeks. And this was Lamar Jackson's worst game of the season. I don't even think there's a question. And yet, when he gets the ball at the end, that drive is two quick throws to Mark Andrews and then Lamar running the ball four out of five times. He is a unique problem. Yeah, you can start backing up your defense. It was like they're putting seven defensive backs on the field on that last drive, and Lamar just runs up the gut. And if he didn't uh, get tripped up by his buddy Duvernay, he might have run in for a touchdown. Yeah, and uh, John Harbaugh obviously took a ton of heat uh, for his decision to go for the touchdown against Buffalo on fourth down. It didn't work out, and then they lose that game. In this game, bleeding into the game-winning possession, Baltimore's previous uh, possession. They had marched to essentially what the goal line. They were inside the ten yard line. They were at line. the three. They were at the three yard line, a fourth and about half a yard. And in that case, they decide to try to draw Cincinnati off sides and kick the field goal. So I think Harbaugh got it wrong both weeks. I think he should have. Uh, kicked the field goal in week four and went for the touchdown in week five. He doesn't. It ends up not costing him. But if it did, mm. it would have been another another post-game press conference where Harbaugh's taking a ton of heat. But thank God for, for Justin Tucker because that's part of the greatness of Tucker. And everybody, you know, Dan's always on one about the kickers and all this on the show. But, like, with <laughs> Tucker, people need to understand that this is... You are Dan. This is... <laughs> This is one of the great players in NFL history um, doing his thing. So 
when you take over down one point, you know all we need to do is get within 55, even he hit a 58-yarder in this game as well, Justin Tucker. Just give him a chance and you'll win, and there's no other team that has that weapon. When there's teams this week especially that have the opposite of that. The Browns lost a game on a missed, botched, last-second field goal. The Cardinals went down in flames because of it. I mean, there's backup and incompetent kicking happening McPherson all over the place. the extra point. And he hit it over there. And you, and you, yep, you were right. right that McPherson is, like, it's not been his money for him this season. It's been a little bit more of a challenge. Tucker never has those slumps. Right, and I, I think it's just a massive win for the Ravens. It's a bigger win for the Ravens than it would have been than it is a loss for the Bengals. Just because the way this season's gone, they, they've they've looked like a a good team this year, but the way that they've lost those two games, coughing up big leads, and they were up ten nothing in this game too, and Lamar had an ugly interception which really changed the game and then he missed two wide open deep shots uh, early in the second half. So The second one, one was a layup. The right. second of the two. So they, it was just a game they would have been kicking themselves big time especially after the Bengals swept them a year ago. So to pull it out I think it just calms this season down for them. A season that they just keep having injury problems. Marcus Williams left this game but having Ronnie Stanley back for this game and looking almost like a different player. Like he lost a lot of weight. Sure looked like. They kind of rotated him in and out of the lineup. Yeah he too. was in that but that, it's just like some good signs for them. J.K. Dobbins ran hard tonight. Some good signs. And if you're the Bengals and you're going to try a Philly special get your act together. Well you know that was the second time today where a Philly special was drawn up and failed in the London game, a nice job by the uh, Bellinger. Bellinger to react to that instead of throwing an interception or even throwing it away. He he managed to score on the ground. It's just not that special play to me anymore. It's kind of just it's just become part of like the NFL. All I was doing was Philly, set, not so special. All yeah, I was right? doing was just setting you up to give your well, little rigmarole about the <laughs> one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history. Well, you know, for listeners who have joined the show at some point in the last uh, four years now, and we do have a lot of new listeners. Shout yeah. out to the oh, new listeners. Unbelievable. I mean, it's hard to keep up with some of Nouveau these inside Riche. jokes. Am I right? <laughs> uh, Mark once uh, predicted that the Eagles would have a play that would have a nickname that would uh, in be the Super even Bowl. bigger than the helmet catch. And it ended up being the Philly special. One of the top Probably mm-hmm. 10 plays in Super Bowl history. Mm-hmm. Uh, a great name. Top 15. Top 15. Top 15. Maybe top 20. I mean, there was a lot more to play in that game at that Who point. Who are the like I'm the looking first at right now. <laughs> it was like, oh, what a what a classic second quarter play. Um, it's just it's a, an utter. It didn't sh- top the helmet catch. And ultimately, no. you lost. That's a well, bad, that's, bad beat. That is simply because we now are just a, it's a three-person committee that I'll be outvoted on over and over on idiotic tangents like this um <laughs> anyway before we say goodbye uh we mentioned uh justin you came to the studio uh with your family and your lovely girlfriend jessica um jessica. there was some type of text dispatch that you wanted to share or i'm asking you to share yeah so i just sort of texted her i was like oh haha greg was just uh, asking me if i was concerned about Jessica missing Mark, and she said, ha, 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 I miss those guys, but I miss Dan the most. <clears throat> she said that. I don't know if she's being <clears throat> serious or... Tell her I miss her. I, I well, will. That's, that's, but that's, not the, that's not the headline here. What? The headline is this is something that's going to keep Sessler up at night. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually just one less thing for me to worry about. I got plenty on my plate okay, right so now. Okay, so before you were worried about it, uh, that, I don't even know where to go with that. 
Mark, uh, Mark had I... made plans while we were in London to hang out with Jessica oh, yeah. once yeah. he came back to oh, the well, States. Sure. But he's, I'm, but he's I'm, not subtle. I'm not pretty sure one. I was included in those. You were. Pretty sure. Not oh, yeah. one certain, also, right? also, I'm not even sure if that's factual. Just, but it was not one you weren't certain, though, that <laughs> yeah. you were involved in the plan, right? I was not certain, no. It was a conversation right. they did had. You, did you ever, I don't know if this is getting too personal, but you've opened this door, Justin. Did you ever hang out with her ex, like the three of you guys? Did it ever start that way? No. No. Okay. I have met him, but no. Okay. I'm sure he okay. loves you. Well, by the way, Jessica, <laughs> uh, I've recorded. A real hero. I filed and, and I've noted who you, you missed more, that it was Dan. You know, Mark's not the only one here with feelings. So that really I am hurts. having yeah. the really time hurts. of my life. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, that uh, <laughs> that's just a nice W. You get a W with the Jets. And then you get a W with Jessica, and it's like, what else? Is the old zoo? When Tugboat puts his head to the pillow tonight, I'll be like, hey, this is one of the good ones. You know, life's filled with them. There's good ones and there's bad ones, and then there's just, you know, days that are In days. Terms of days, yeah. This right. one's like, you're smiling. You got I a mean, Jessica got a W, too. You know, I think she, she knew that when she threw that little bomb into the show. It's like Ooh. a whole another <laughs> minute of Jessica talk. And, Mark, I don't imagine that you were going to sleep either way tonight, but I'm um, that will probably not make it any easier, I would imagine. Uh, you're over. You're overvaluing my concern on this particular topic, but I'm happy for you that you've had a day that makes you uh, so thrilled with your existence. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you for saying that. All right, that's it. We'll be back on, well, Monday night, Greggy has his Monday night football vanity project, so make sure you check that out. What is the game? I mean, if, if you don't want me to continue doing this, it's a, it's this, a useful you know. project. Also, no. it is. You know, what did I say? You called you, it a. It's not. It's a vanity project. You're confusing with project. the Jesselnick and Rosenthal vanity project, which you guys. There are too many vanity check, projects check to track. Uh, it's the I Monday Night Football recap. Uh, yeah, what was the game again? It's Raiders Chiefs. Raiders. That's a good one. It's good. Maybe check that one out. Tuesday we'll be back with Colleen Wolf, and all that good stuff. That's it. Dan Hans is signing off for. Quiet Storm, the old boss, Grave Digger, the pipe. Always. He's there for us. Pipe every time. Till Tuesday, heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.